Hey, good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us, I want to say welcome. Uh, my name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. Uh, and as Zoe said, we want to encourage you to do us a favor and connect to those connection cards. Uh, you can take those to the Welcome Center when you leave. we got a special gift for you. And again, our main focus is just to be able to find you a way to connect, to be able to put you in kind of a, a group of people that are like-minded, that you can grow together as you follow the Lord. And again, just thank you for being here. Uh, we always like the opportunity to shout out what God's doing through our church. And it's just an exciting season to be able to launch two services. Aren't you excited? excited about that? And so we told uh, the first service, we said, we're making room for people. And so that's what we're doing. We're being able to make room for you to be able to invite your neighbors, your friends, uh, to be able to come in here and experience what God's doing right here in Victory Church. Uh, today is a special day. And so we have a special speaker today. And if you were here with us last year, this time, you got a chance to meet him, uh, Pastor Ron Woods and his wife, Kelly. So first of all, let me say this, Kelly, this is her first time being able to be here. So come on, let's put it together for Kelly Woods. I think she might come up and share a little bit in a moment, but um, th this couple, are they, they were just huge in Darla and I's lives from being able to, I first of all, got saved under his ministry. Uh, they gave us our first opportunity at ministry, full-time ministry. Um, Pastor Ron officiated Darla and I's wedding. They dedicated our oldest child, Veda. They were helped spearhead the vision behind Victory Church and launching Victory Church. And so it's such a privilege and an honor to have him here, for you to be able to meet him, for him to speak into our life as a church. And um, it's just an honor. So do me a favor. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Ron Woods? Hey, good morning, everybody. So good to be back, and we just love what God is doing here. We love your pastors. They are some of the most amazing people to us. I'll talk more about them, but welcome, Kelly. She wants to greet you this morning. Kelly, come to the platform if you will. Yeah. Good morning. So good to see you and be with you. Uh, so first of all, I just want to, the worship team. Okay, can we just like give it up for just a minute seriously so this is my area and i just know that when you have a worship team that is spirit-led so intentional about leading you guys um, in worship and the time that it takes you would never know what it takes sometime to just get a set ready and have a team that gets there early and prepares and has that in their hearts so always show them some love and then uh, Brian and Zoe doing the announcements. You know, the people that I really admire in church work are people who can give announcements really well. Because <laughs> there are some people who make that look easy, either on video or live. And I'm just telling you, that is not easy to do. And um, so just uh, it's just a joy to just get to meet your staff and you guys. And um, Ron and I are not, we weren't raised in pastor's homes. Um, we were called to full-time vocational ministry, but we were raised by parents um, who had full-time jobs, and they were in church every weekend. It was a non-negotiable. God was our life, and we centered our life around Him and the priorities that caused us to grow in Him. And so if you're wondering or if the enemy sometimes talks to you and says, I don't know, you can just do your own thing and tack it in there when you when it works for you, I'm just telling you, this is good ground. This is a good house. And you will never regret making that a priority for you and your family. You never will. And there's something you can get in the room with God's people that you, cannot, you just can't get any, any other way. 
And so I commend you the weekend after Easter. You're here, and God has something for you. And so it's just a joy, and it just goes without saying, but I get the opportunity since this person I'm here to say how much we love your leaders, your pastors, and the, the years that we've gotten to know them and be a part of what God is, do, is doing in their lives. We, we saw it years ago, and it's just really cool to really see it happening now. So it's just it's an honor to be with you guys today. And I know Darla's in, in uh, back with the kids, but um, we just love you guys and um, so excited to see you and, um, and your girls who were in denial that they're the age that they are. <laughs> but it's just really, really cool to get to have some hang time with them too. So anyway, we love you, church. Um, it's just a privilege to be here. Thank you, Chad. So yeah, we, we saw the, just the, the leadership gift that God had placed on Pastor Troy and Darla years ago. It's an honor to be with you. It's an honor to be in this atmosphere of what God is doing, to be in the heart of a church that's making a difference. So we love you and Darla. And church, could we just show our respect and appreciation? We honor you today. Love you so much, man. Yeah. All right, I'm on a mission to help some people today. And I want to tell you where the mission assignment comes from. In Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 31, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you. So he's talking to the disciples. To sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith fail not. The word fail in the Greek is where we get our word eclipse. Simon, something is about to happen, and it's going to block the way you have seen me. An actual eclipse is where things go dark. Even the temperature changes. Like it was this way, now it's this way. In the spiritual journey, it's where something happens, and from that vantage point, you don't see Jesus like you used to. You love him. You believe in him. But something has happened. And it is blocking your vision. And if it's not managed well with the help of God, you can disconnect. You can drift. You can deconstruct from what you always believed. This fake eclipse that I'm talking about is the strategy of Satan against every one of us. He wants our faith to fail, so something's got to happen to challenge our faith. Something that is not flippant or surface, something that has enough significance to where it causes you to have to really, really think through who you are in God, who he is to you. I believe it's Satan's strategy that every one of us, our faith would fail. I know there are many ways that Satan tries to do this, but one of the more prolific ways right now is how Satan is marking this cultural moment with fear and anxiety. And when I say he's marked this cultural moment, it is not something that's out there only. It's also in here. And I am 
watching people fight anxiety and fight an eclipse of their faith because of fear and anxiety right now, unlike any other time in my 34 years as a pastor. Anxiety is that which divides us. It, it fragments us. Anxiety is not just a reaction to a concrete event. It is an infinite web of what-ifs, where I am worried about tomorrow, and it hasn't even come yet. I'm working on two or three days at once. It's what shapes the landscape of my life with a very negative perspective. It's where I get really down. An Old Testament equivalent of a faith eclipse is where the psalmist said in Psalm 42, my soul is downcast. This is David saying, here I am, the one that used to lead the praise and worship, and now things have gone dark. It's not like it used to be. He goes on to say, tears have become my food. That downcast, there's a pressure, there's there's a weight of pressure, the weight of anxiety. Read an article not too long ago that talked about text neck texting. And what's happening is that as we look down, just standing the way you should, there's about 12 pounds of pressure on your cervical spine. But when you look down the least bit, that doubles. When you do this, like I do, it triples. And there'll be 60 plus pounds of pressure on your cervical spine. So now people are getting surgeries because of text neck. When I read the article, I go, there's my future. I'm going to be like this right here. <laughs> In the spiritual picture that I'm painting today, what has happened is the soul, the weight of anxiety, is bending people over spiritually. Things go dark. It's a faith eclipse. Now, I have not come today to talk about the triumph of anxiety. I have come to talk about the triumph of Jesus. Put a praise right there. How he helps us get through this. Alexander the Great, back in the day where he had conquered the known world, every city he would go into, they would celebrate the champion that he was. When he went into Corinth, they're celebrating. Alexander wanted to meet the most respected leader of the day of Corinth, which, who was Diogenes. Diogenes respected Alexander, but wasn't impressed by him. So he didn't even go to the celebration. Alexander was told, he's not here. And he said, well, I want to go to his home. Every afternoon, Diogenes, if the sun was shining, would sit out in his backyard and take in about 20 to 30 minutes of sunlight on his face. That's where he was when Alexander shows up at his house. He walks to the backyard and stands in front of Diogenes and says, Diogenes, I'm Alexander the Great. Is there anything I can do for you? Diogenes doesn't even open his eyes. He simply says, yes, you can get out of my light. What kind of confidence do you have to have to tell the greatest man in the known world, yeah, get out. You don't even open your eyes. My message today is to show you that through the power of the resurrected king, you can say, anxiety, get out of my 
light. Are you with me today? Hey, you're clapping like, well, I want to be with you, but is that making it too simplistic? Because anxiety is not simple. That just seems to be mind over matter, and that doesn't work. So I want to show you the substance behind the statement so that you feel the support, the power of the mantra to actually say, if you're dealing with anxiety, get out of my light. Let me show you a picture. This is a picture of a cave. It's in Chiang Rai, Thailand. We were there just a few weeks ago on a mission trip. And I wanted to go to this place, and here's why. Because I followed so closely when the story broke about this soccer team that it had an incredible day. And at the end of their day, they wanted to go explore this cave that they had done many times. But what was unusual about that day is the torrential rain that started to fall after they had gone into the cave. It was so torrential that floodwaters rose rapidly and it forced this team farther and farther into the cave until they were trapped. There was one player who didn't go because that night, that day was his birthday and that night the whole team was coming to his house for a party. When no one showed up, they knew something was wrong. They found all of their bicycles at the entrance of that cave, and we saw some of those actual bicycles. They placed them there. We walked into the cave. This is a picture from my phone where Kelly and I walked in, and I turned around and took a picture of the entrance. So all of that open basin was filled with water. These players were trapped all the way to the third chamber, some miles from the entrance. We were able to go all the way to the end of chamber one. And even in just that first chamber, you would make this very steep ascent. And then you would just go in such a a steep, like, decline. And it would go from way and wide open to very close and pinched. And if you followed the story, you know that the Thai Navy SEAL dive team showed up and started diving in. They they worked and couldn't find them. They called in expert cave divers, and in one of their exhausting efforts, having dove three and a half hours, they came up in chamber three, and there was the team. They found them, but now they had to figure out, how do we get them out? The first thing they do from the first dive is they string a rope so that as long as you have a hold of that rope, you can navigate your way. These divers, in some places, would take the tanks off because it would get so narrow, they would have to pull the tanks through while they work their own body through. So how are they going to get these players out? Many of them uh, don't even know how to swim, much less scuba dive in, in that kind. Of, you know, if you saw the documentary, even one of the men that got trapped in chamber one and only had to go from about here to that door, he panicked. Like, how will we do this? But they came up with a plan, and the plan was not 
hey, players, here's the rope. It's a three and a half hour dive to get out of here. Good luck. No, they brought them out. Here's how you can say, anxiety, get out of my light. Because Jesus didn't stand at the entrance of the cave of anxiety in your life and shout words of encouragement like a coach going, come on, you can do it. No, Jesus came from heaven to earth and he came all the way to chamber three, the tomb. You talked about it. We preaching already to the tomb that you talked about last week. And he didn't just come to shout encouragement. He came to bring us out. Come on, get, get that thing in your heart. He doesn't just give you words of hope. He comes like those divers. They literally, in case you don't know the story, there was an expert cave diver from Australia who was also a doctor, an anesthesiologist, and they sedated these players. That's how they got them out. Because if they didn't, they would panic and everybody's going to die. So they sedated them. So now these divers are not only having to traverse three miles, three hours of, of dive time, they're now monitoring the breathing. And in the event that these boys start waking up, that would be horrific. They have to give them more sedation. But if there's too much and they stop breathing, I mean, this was just something. And the Australian anesthesiologist, he's like, if this doesn't work, they'll want somebody to blame it on. I'll spend the rest of my life in prison. So they were working on diplomatic immunity for him so that no matter what happened, he could remain free. But it got so desperate, the paperwork wasn't even in. And they said, if we don't get them out now, then it's hopeless. And without all of that, he went and he risked it all. This entire story is just one major point of the compassion, the aggression, the risk-taking, the sacrifice of what Jesus has done for you and for me to get to where we were. We couldn't save ourselves. He found us. He saved us. He brought us out. If you're in a cave, come on, if you're in a cave of anxiety today, Jesus will bring you out. That's how you say, anxiety, get out of my light. Because I don't just have someone who's encouraging me. I have someone who's coming to get me. Let's put some praise right there. He's coming to get you. And he didn't put a limit on his love. Like these divers, they didn't put a limit on what they would do in order to save those boys. Jesus put no limits on his love in what he would do to get to us. And so if you find yourself, if you feel stuck today, I get it. Anxiety is a part of the story. I just want you to know it's not the whole story. And that's point number two. Jesus walked into a room on the night he resurrected. And his disciples were in that room having a faith eclipse. They were in fear. He spoke peace, the one thing they did not have. And he did this. He showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. Why? To remind them, look, 
I have communicated this to you, but you just couldn't wrap your mind around it. My death, my resurrection. You know the prophecies of the Old Testament. You know that Isaiah prophesied this hundreds of years ago, that I would be wounded. The chastisement of your peace would be upon you. By my stripes. You'd be, and he's like, it's confirmed. It has happened. I am the reality of every prophecy. I am the culmination of every Old Testament sacrifice. He's standing there. He is alive. He's saying, you are a part of a larger story. Anxiety wants you to make, wants to make you think it is the story. It's the whole story. And it will write the rest of the story. And I say anxiety very well may be part of this chapter, but it's not the whole story. There's a larger story. Come on, church. And that larger story is Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died the death that we deserve, but we could not honor the holiness of God because of our sinfulness. He was placed in a borrowed tomb, and on Sunday, he rose triumphantly, and we are part of that larger story. Come on, put a, put a praise right there. We are part of something. This is the substance. This is where we get beyond coping skill, positive thinking, hoping things will get better, just an attitude adjustment, all those things, I'm, all, I'm about them. But there has to be something more. And the more is the larger story. Hey, John, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's struggling. And he gets a revelation of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't speak to his pain. Jesus as John. Let me remind you, I'm the one who is dead, but now I'm alive and alive forevermore. The larger story. Hey, John, here's the keys of death, hell, and the grave. John, your story, this is part of your story. It's just not the whole story. Your story doesn't end in defeat. I want to say to somebody here, your, your future is not anxiety. Your future is not fear because the devil doesn't own the future. Jesus does. Hey, John, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. That's the story, and your chapter and your story folds into the larger story of the one who has resurrected from the dead, has passed through the heavenlies, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives. To make intercession for you and for me. Let's put our hands together for the grace, power, and help of Jesus. When you know you're part of a larger story, you can start worshiping before anything changes. Worship will always be a strategy to poke holes in the darkness of a faith eclipse. Before you see anything change. Pastor Troy knows that uh, some about 2017, I knew something was going on with my voice and my breathing. I've had five surgeries, and even last Easter, it, it was a struggle. And my last surgery was February of 2022, and it's the longest I've been without having to have one. And I remember sitting just before being invited to preach week after week, going, I can't even hardly talk. How am I going to do this? And 
my mind would race to what is my future? What is it? Blah, blah, blah. And the only thing that would poke holes in all that darkness is to praise God. Because watch this. Even though I wasn't healed, he's still a healer. Even though I wasn't delivered out of that, he's still a deliverer. My circumstance doesn't change who he is. Can we press this a little deeper? So I can say now, Jesus is greater. He's greater than my current circumstance. He's greater than my physical condition. He's greater than anxiety. He's greater than the past. He's greater than the future. And something starts happening to your spirit when you will go ahead and speak what is into what isn't. Before I see it, I'll still say it. If I don't do that, I let my mind be subject to so many questions that create so much doubt that I'll start dismantling my faith and I'll reduce theology to my circumstance instead of demanding my circumstance to align with my theology. And I want to reshape God into my own image rather than saying, that is idolatry. I will be shaped into the image of God. I may not be okay. I feel like preaching now. I may not be okay, but he's okay. And that's what matters. Because I can't deliver me. I can't save me. I can't heal me. He's deliverer. He's healer. He's, hey, he's okay today. He's not out of control, insecure, or caught by surprise. He is God. Very God. Alpha and Omega. Come on, put some praise right there if you believe it. So I'm going to praise him. I'm going to, make, I'm going to make those declarations. God has a purpose for your life, and it's not fear and anxiety. God has a purpose for your life. I even want to say, I want to say this. I feel this in my heart. Could it be that Jesus is saying, Peter, your faith is about to suffer an eclipse. But when you come through this, strengthen your brothers. Perhaps Jesus said, Peter, there's such a dynamic destiny for you. You're going to need faith at another level for that. And right now, your faith is good, but it's got to go to another level. So that, Peter, you can be more than a conqueror. What's more than a conqueror? It's when you take what almost conquered you, but God processed you through. And now you take that. And you help other people who are where you used to be. That's when you become more than a conqueror. Jesus said a second time in that room on that Sunday night, peace be with you. And then he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Here's, here's the substance behind the statement is that the Holy Spirit empowers your peace. It's not just peace that would come from my words of encouragement. It's peace that passes understanding because it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you get the peace of God that's empowered by the Spirit, that's resurrection peace. You can say, anxiety, get out of my life. 
while in Thailand. He preached at a church in Bangkok, pastored by Daniel and Paulina Brolin. 25 years ago, they were in a, a Russian territory planting a church, and they were captured by the Taliban. They were held hostage for 168 days. Four out of every seven days, Daniel was beaten. His wife, as they, they had him in like a four-by-six dungeon. They would bring him out to beat him and put him back in, and she never knew if he would live through the next one. But he did. And through a series of supernatural things, they were rescued. Now, 25 years later, we go to this dynamic church that is on fourth floor of the largest mall of Bangkok, where there are former Buddhists who are worshiping Jesus. They're followers of Jesus, being pastored by people who 25 years ago were in a dungeon. My question is, how do you recover? How do you come through the trauma? How, if you get through that, how do you deal with the fear of, of having vision to go and plant another church? Well, they went back home to Sweden and God helped them and gave them that healing virtue. And then 16 years ago, went to Bangkok and planted this church that is now two campuses in Bangkok, a campus in Cambodia, and starting another campus about an hour and a half outside of Bangkok. And as I was sitting there just watching Pastor Daniel just minister before he brought me up to preach, I thought, this, this, is, this, this is it. This is how you say, anxiety, get out of my life. This is a man who was living in peace that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. When you go through that, you have to have more than coping skill. You have to have more than an attitude adjustment. You have to have more than just hoping things will get better. Now, that's what they went through. I, what you've gone through may be different, but the result is just as real. You sit here today overcome with anxiety or fear. And you so want to be delivered. Well, God sent me here on an assignment. To say your faith has suffered an eclipse. But that eclipse is going to pass. And the sun. See when there's an eclipse. The sun is still shining. We just don't see it like we used to. Jesus is still in control. And he's still good. And he's still God. And this eclipse is going to pass. And you my friend. You are going to say anxiety. Get out. Of my life. Can we put some praise right there in faith that that's going to happen? Thank you, Jesus. Man, Jesus loves you so much. And anxiety would like for you to think differently. Satan hates for me to talk to you about the immense power that's available to you. He hates it. And I fall so short of describing to you 
the magnificent power of God that's available to you. For you see, the same spirit that raised Christ is in this room right now. Just let your mind go there. The same spirit, yeah, that raised Christ from the dead is here. Yes. And therein is the hope of peace. See, today, you may walk out this door and the whole, the whole like episode or season you're going through, it may not end today. It's just that your downcast soul, oh man, feel this, that your downcast soul, there could just be a lifting of your gaze. And just the lifting of your gaze says, here we go. Change is happening. The eclipse is giving way. Yeah. Yeah. I know what it feels like to think that just showing up is a victory. Because of what I was going through. And if you're there, I want to talk to you about the God who will lift your countenance, who will lift your vision, who will get to where you are. When you watch the documentary of those divers when they ascended out of that water in chamber three, and they told the team, we're here to help you. We will figure this out. We're going to get you out. It still took time. It wasn't immediate and it wasn't easy. But they got him out. And Jesus has just risen up out of your darkness today to say, I found you. I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out. I've got a plan. And I'm going to take you to a new place. Hey, anxiety, get out of my light. With your eyes closed in the presence of God, if you say, Ron, I need peace. I need it. I need the power to make this statement. Would you just lift your hand right now? You say, that's me. Just lift your hand. Yeah. Just lift them, lift them, lift them, lift them. Holy Spirit, I thank you for people who showed up today. And you not only have a message for them, but a ministry to them. And it's a ministry of restoration. It's a ministry of rescue. It's a ministry of healing. It's a ministry of peace thank you that you've reminded us today that we're part of a larger story a magnificent story that the Holy Spirit is here, it's the same spirit that raised Christ to empower our peace so we praise you we make some declarations that you're greater than what I'm going through 
You're still the healer. You're still the savior. You're still the deliverer. You're still the great and awesome God. We make those declarations. We declare praise and worship. Just from your heart, we're going to sing here in a moment. But I just want you to speak words of gratitude. Speak words of praise to God. You've presented your request. I just praise Him for a bit because it's been a while. If you're praising Him through your tears, if you're praising Him through the anxiety, go for it. It's what we do. That's what we do. Anxiety may be marking this culture, but it doesn't have to mark your life. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because of Jesus, you can live up to this verse. Be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Jesus said in Matthew, don't be anxious about your life. And he says, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. It's the argument from the lesser to the greater. And the Lord said, if I would take care of them, how much more will I take care of you? Anxiety, get out of my light. Get out. Get out of my light.